Well, good morning, Bridge City Church. How you doing today? Is everybody doing good out there? I hope and pray that you're having a good, good time. Come on, let's give God a great big hand again. Can we do that? Isn't God good? God is so, so, so good. I am so glad you're here today. Listen, I don't know about you, but if I wasn't saved, I would get saved. That's what I would do. And getting saved is a fancy way of saying that I am no longer bound for hell. I am heaven bound because of Jesus Christ. And if you're wondering what everybody's so happy about here, that's what they're so happy about here. And that's why we're excited this morning. So, so excited. We're in the middle of a series. We're looking at a book in the Old Testament called Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was a, was a real man who had a real job. It was a great job. But God asked him to go and do something really big. I want to let you know God's not afraid to ask you to do something really big that you can't do on your own. And that, so we're going to look at, you just happen to be here on part four, and so we're going to be looking at chapter five in this book in Nehemiah, and we're going to be looking at just what happened in this whole story. If you're wondering what happened in the first four chapters, uh, you can go on our website, you can listen to the messages there, you can get caught up, you can see what's happening, and, uh, and, and we're going to pick it up there. Now, I know some of you are here today, and you're so excited that we have people getting water baptized today. Isn't that exciting? How many of, we have four people being water baptized. I'm so excited. Watching water baptisms never gets old. It is so, so exciting. And so some of you only came for that, but you have to endure this. And uh, I'm not going to apologize because we're just getting started. Come on. And, uh, and, and, and we're going to have a good time. We value the Word of God. Well, before I get started, where's all my connection group leaders and team leaders here? Could you just raise your hand? If you're a connection group leader or team leader, raise your hand. Because I just want to honor these people. Can we just thank them right now? I'm just telling you, they're great, great people. And I appreciate all the work that they do. Proverbs 29 verse 2 states, When the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in charge, people groan. How many of y'all would like to rejoice over groaning? Come on, somebody. Am I with you? Come on, this is a place of rejoicing because we have godly people that are in charge and in leadership. Pastor Nick, the campus pastor here, and Rachel, always so good to be with you. Thank you so much uh, for doing such a great, great job here and just doing an, an honorable job. Just so thrilled to be with you. And I uh, love both of you so, so very much. And uh, here we are, Nehemiah, um, leadership. And this, this chapter is a lot about leadership. And everything rises and falls on leadership. You know, that's what that proverb that we just read is all about. When godly people are in charge, there's rejoicing, there's order, there's, we're going somewhere with this. And I want to let you know, you didn't step into a church service today, you stepped into a move of God. This is a move of God. That's what this is right here. We're, this isn't a church, so this isn't, isn't a religious um, institution. This is a move of God that started over 2,000 years ago, and we're continuing what Jesus started. That's what we're doing. We're just, Jesus started it, we're continuing it, and it's going to continue until Jesus comes back. Right. Now, I, I'm so very blessed to be a part of this church. I'm not only the lead pastor. This is, this is my church. I'm, and I'm going to tell you right now, if I, if I didn't have a church, 
and I lived in Elizabeth or McKeesport or East McKeesport, North Versailles, North Huntington or White Oak, I'm going to tell you right now, I would come to this church. That's what I would do right there. I would come here because there's life here. There's, there's order here. There's honoring God here. See, what's at stake in the book of Nehemiah are three things. And you're going to see in the weeks to come, there's three things that continue to happen. So this is a place where God is honored. Right. Nehemiah was building the walls. Literally, he was constructing walls around what was the temple of God, where they worshiped God. They, they offered sacrifices to God. Okay, so it was a place where God was honored. He was also establishing a place where the word of God, this is a Bible right here, the word of God is esteemed and, 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 and honored. That's what we do. We, we esteem this. This is serious. Right. And people's lives are restored and transformed. This is what we do at Bridge City Church. And I'm not afraid to tell you today that at Bridge City Church, we believe in strong leadership. Right. And now some of you may see, isn't that an arrogant statement made by you, the pastor. No, it's just a truthful statement. It would be just like if I said I was a strong man. I'm not being arrogant. I'm just telling you that's who I am. That's who God created me to be. In the book of Nehemiah, I want to let you know, it's not an effeminate book. I know some men out there, you, you read the Bible, and the Bible can feel very effeminate at times. It can feel like, oh, it's just about love, and I got to turn the other cheek. Quite frankly, I have problems with that. I don't know about you. I don't enjoy the turn the other cheek, love your enemies thing. I'm still working that out after all these years of being a follower of Jesus. Now, if you've arrived, you can come up and pray for me afterwards. I'd be really happy with that. In Nehemiah, we find that they're building, they're constructing things. There's, there's a walls going up. I mean, there's organization. We're doing something. How many of you men out there like doing something? You like accomplishing something. Don't you like accomplishing something? Come on. Are you women too? I'm sorry, ladies are, well, I like it too. I'm, how many ladies out there like accomplishing something? Come on. But later on, you're going to find in Nehemiah 13, there's this really cold spot. You've got to keep coming back for this one because it's going to be really good. Nehemiah, he's, 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 he's making them accountable, and he gets upset with a few guys, and he pulls their beards and slaps them. I want that ministry. I'm just telling you right now, that'd be a cool ministry. How many of y'all would like that ministry, pulling beards and slapping faces? Yeah, because some of you guys are going to go home today and shave. I'm just telling you right now. You're gonna... No, but really, that's, that's in the Bible. That's in chapter 13, I'm telling you. It's a cool book. The Bible is really cool. Okay? And so what we're seeing is Nehemiah, he was the cupbearer. In, in, in obscurity, he had a really good job, and he tasted the wine before the king did, because if somebody was going to poison the king, he would die. I, that's a pretty cool job, right? I mean, that's a good job right there. And so that's what kind of job he had. He was protecting the king. And so I believe that God set him up when nobody was watching for the leadership role he was going to have. Now, I want to let you know, without character, there will be no good leadership. Without character and integrity, there's no good leadership. Character is essential. I remember back before I was a pastor, I was working as a nurse at Mercy Hospital. In my first big assignment as a leader, I was in charge for the day. I blew it big time. I mean, I blew it beyond imagination. As a matter of fact, I should have got suspended, but I pleaded my case. I threw myself on the mercy of the, of the nursing court, and I just said, look, I screwed up. I messed up. Please forgive me. Um, and I learned, and I wanted to leave that job because after all, I screwed up. God wouldn't let me leave. God said, you're going to go back and get it right. 
I said, but God, I messed up. Everybody saw me mess up. And God was like, yeah, I saw it too. I'm not ruled by that. So I had to go back and learn character and integrity and learn how to be a good leader before I could step into this role. See, many of you are waiting for something to happen before you step into your next step with God, and God is preparing you right now for that step. See, 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 get out of your head that you got to be perfect to go to church. Because if you're looking for a perfect church, there isn't one. Because every time I show up, it's no longer perfect. <laughs> Somebody say, yeah, that's right. Every time you show up, man. <laughs> Maybe I'm talking about you <laughs> just a lot. <laughs> Come on. Like, are you with me now? Yeah. See, see, we're looking for perfection. And, and this is about leadership. It's about transparency. And I want to let you know, next week, you've got to come next week. Because we're going to review the 2020. We're, we're going to be transparent with every dollar that comes in. We're going to show you where the money, what money came in, where it went. We're going to tell you stories about what God did. So you've got to come next week. How many of y'all want to come next week and see what God did? How many of you are not sure, but you're going to come anyhow? Come on. There we go. Come on. You're going to hear stories. You're going you're to see something that you haven't seen because leaders at Bridge City Church, what do we do? We mobilize and we motivate teams and groups of people to accomplish the vision. Right. Multiplication is the result of what takes place. That's what we do. And we're, we like leadership. As a matter of fact, this church has 38 and a half years of strong leadership. And we're going to continue that. That's what we're going to continue, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So here we go into Nehemiah chapter 5. Nehemiah 5, they're building the walls. Things are going good. There's some opposition coming from the outside, but now the opposition is from the inside. Do you know who has the power to stop the move of God? The move of God can only stop at Bridge City Church because of the people in that church. The devil has nothing on us. We sang songs about being victorious. We sang songs about having authority. The only people that can stop the move of God in his church are the people in the church. That's the truth right there. So, so we, we have the power. How many of y'all realize that everybody likes a good fight? How many of y'all remember high school? How many of y'all, it was a lot of years ago, but even if it was a one room, come on, it was a high school. Come on, you with me? How many of you are still in high school? Okay. Like, I don't know how they have fights on Zoom. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> Did you ever notice, like, when everybody says there's a fight, everybody goes running? Because yep. everybody loves a good fight. Everybody loves, I want to see what, I want to see, I love seeing people get their heads beat in. This is just so cool, you know? Twice this last week, I was somewhere, and people were having an argument. And, and it was a heated argument, and I found myself wanting to listen. I did. I was walking down the hall of like a hotel and people were arguing. I stopped and went, oh. <laughs> and I found my, I, st I stood there and listened. And I thought, what am I doing? I felt like a saint. I felt like I ran down the hall. Because, I mean, there's just something about a fight. There's something about this. And I'm going to tell you what, every time you pray, what you're declaring is there's a fight. Right. Now, I don't want you to catch this. I was, I was praying for my food the other day, and I said, God, why do I have to pray for my food? And God says, because there's a fight. There's a fight. Who provided it? Did you provide it, or did God provide it? So every time you stop and you thank God, what you're saying is, God, there's a fight going on between who's in charge, me or God. How many of y'all know when God's in charge, things go better? Right. Right. <laughs> Some of y'all ought to try it. It goes better. No, I'm serious. It go, things go better. 
And so there's a fight. There's something going on. And in Nehemiah, there's a war going on, and he has to identify it. So let's go to chapter 5, verse 1, and we're going to learn about people in distress. People in distress. Here we go, verse 1. About this time, everything's going good, but here we go. At this time, some of the men and their wives raised a cry of protest against their fellow Jews. They were saying, we have such large families, we need more food to survive. Others said, we have mortgaged our fields, vineyards, and homes to get food during the famine. Let's go on, verse 4. Others said, we have had to borrow money on our fields and vineyards to pay our taxes. We belong to the same family as those who are wealthy, and our children are just like theirs. Yet we must sell our children into slavery just to get enough money to live. We have already sold some of our daughters, and we are helpless to do anything about it, for our fields and vineyards are already mortgaged to others. How many of y'all realize this, this sounds like th- th- people are in distress? Right. How many of y'all, this is distress. When you start selling your kids into slavery, and we don't imagine this in our United States of America, but there are cultures that this still happens. No, I'm, I'm telling you, there's, there's places you can go in the world and see this, and it'll break your heart. These people were in distress because they didn't have enough money. They were mortgaging everything. Those who were wealthy were charging exorbitant amount of interest, and they couldn't survive. So in the midst of God building something spiritual, they were being taken advantage of. Do you know, every time God wants to do something, there's going to be a distress. There's going to be a problem. There's going to be a symbol of something just isn't right. That, to me, is an opportunity that God says, I want to show up and do something great. So you may be here today, and you're in distress. You may be here today, and your your finances aren't in order, or your family's not in order. And I want to let you know, don't wait to get perfect before you jump into the move of God, because you jump into the move of God, he's going to help you, and we are going to help you get things in order, and we're going to help you get out of debt. We're going to help you remove all these things so you can be free to serve Jesus. To me, that sounds like a good deal. Jesus gets all my stuff, and we get him. I think that's a good deal. I really do. So these people are in distress. They didn't have enough food. They were helpless. They were totally helpless to do anything for themselves. Why? Because there was poor leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. I'm telling you, it really does. You know, I just want to stop. I was away for um, a week, a little over a week. I'm going to let you know, when I was gone, I didn't think about, I didn't fret and worry over the church. I didn't. I didn't every day go, oh, they need me. Oh, what's going to happen without me? As a matter of fact, last Sunday, as I looked at all four locations that we have, they all did a lot better without me than with me. Now, I'm not saying that, like, woe is me. I'm saying that's the way it should be. See, a good leader leaves a legacy. They have longevity. They have sons and daughters, and that's what the Pastor Nick and Rachel and all the leaders here, they're sons and daughters of the house. They have the heart. So they're here to remove distress in other people. They're sons and daughters. I don't have to worry. I'm not in fret because we have good leaders that knows what we're up against, and they they know how to get it done. Come on, somebody. See, we, we, you, should, you should clap. That was a good time to clap. But I'm just going to tell you right now, maybe you ought to put that up on the screen and say applause now. I don't know what. You know, it's like, 
Come on, I'm just telling you right now. That Because I'm, I'm applauding them. I'm not applauding me. But there's people in distress. There's people in White Oak and all these surrounding communities right now that are in distress, church. Just like what Nehemiah found here. So let's go on to verse 6 here. And, and he makes a decision. When I heard their complaints, I was very angry. Have you ever seen something that made you angry? Have you ever got, really, anything, you've seen an injustice or something that just got you angry? Wait a minute, this shouldn't be this way. That's what he saw here. After thinking it over, that means he processed it within himself. I spoke out against these nobles and officials. I told them, you're hurting your own relatives by charging interest when they borrow money. Then I called a public meeting. Do you know what basically happened here? Nehemiah takes it till he could takes it no more. I takes it till I can takes it no more. Something got to be done because people are being taken advantage of. And so he begins, he says, wait a minute, I'm angry. I'm going to call everybody together here. He processes. He makes a decision. Do you know what I'm going to tell you right now? If you are a part of a move of God, you are not going to like every decision that the pastors and leaders make. No, I'm just, I tell people all the time, if you're going to be a part of Bridge City Church, I'm going to offend you. As a matter of fact, I'm planning on it. No, I'm serious. How many people in this room right now have I offended in some way, shape, or form? Just raise your hand. Be proud. Just raise your hand. Look around the room. Look around the room. Look around. Yeah, people are raising their feet back there. They're like, they're like, they're laying on their back with all fours up. They're just laying. Come on. I'm going to offend you. There's going to be decisions you make that you don't understand because you have the perception you have. So there's decisions that are made. There's offenses that are happening. Even Pastor Nick, as warm and cuddly as he is, he's the warmest, most pastoral. I mean, I'm telling you, he is, he's just warm and fuzzy. I'm just telling you. He's just, he's just encouraging. He's going to offend you. As a matter of fact, how many people have Pastor Nick offended? Come on, just here. Raise your hand. There's more. Yeah, there we go. Come on, look around. He's proud of that. I, I'm just happy there's more for him than me. That's what I'm just happy about. Come on. But the day's still young. Come on. Listen, listen, do you know that one of the rules of leadership is to offend you? It's to offend your flesh. It's to get the flesh, that means your carnal nature, your carnal ways, to get it out of the way so you can live spiritually. But people in the United States of America with our Western thinking think that we're all supposed to live in harmony, butterflies and unicorns. It's not that way. But what we got to do is we have to trust the character and we trust the process of people that we trust them that I don't know everything. You know, I'm still a man under authority. I'm not a man. It's not like, I, oh, you've reached the pinnacle of your career. I don't know what, the, no, when I reach the pinnacle, I'm going to go to heaven. No, when I'm in heaven, that's when, that's when it's really going to get good. No, I'm just telling you right now. See, but that's not the thinking we have. Oh, you reach, oh, you got four campuses. Oh, you're the pastor. You get to do whatever you want. <laughs> let me let you in on a secret. I don't even like all my decisions. I'm serious. Sometimes I make a decision. I think that was the stupidest thing I ever saw. 
And there's other times I think i got to make the decision God wants me to make. Because there's an injustice. People are dying and going to hell, and we're arguing over stupid things. Are you with me? And as a church, we're not going to do that. We're not going to get swept up in divisiveness. We're not going to get swept up in that. We're going to be a a voice of reconciliation. We have made a decision. We're not going to do that. We're going to keep the main thing the main thing. And that's followers of Jesus Christ. that are totally passionately in love with God, a place where God is honored, his word is esteemed, and lives are restored. That's what they did in Nehemiah. I'm just trying to liken it to the book we're in right now. So he had to make a decision here. We don't, listen, we're not looking for perfection. We're looking for the right position. I want to position myself before God. Now let's look at this now. Direction. This is what leadership does. Nehemiah 5, 7. Then I called a public meeting to deal with the problem. This is what leaders do. This is what dads do when their house gets out of order. They line everybody up and they say, this is where I'm calling a meeting. We had five kids. They're all older now. But I remember several times we had to call up, we had, I had to call a public meeting in my house. When you got seven people, it's a public meeting. Lined them all up. Say, this is what we're going to do. This is what's happened. We, we haven't been living right. Dad's out of order. This is what we're going to do. We're going to have direction now. So Nehemiah called a public meeting. But you've got to understand what public meetings are at Bridge City Church. In two weeks from right now, we're calling a public meeting. I didn't know about that. I'm going to tell you about it. It's called a marriage conference. It's a marriage day, March 13th. Well, my marriage is perfect. Really? You've reached perfection. No, I'm serious. This is what people tell me. I don't need that. Our marriage is... No, listen, listen. If you don't think your marriage could get better, there's nothing I can do to help you. What you're doing is you're looking at your spouse and saying, this is as good as it gets, baby. <laughs> That's what you're doing. You're about to look at your spouse and say, this is as good as it gets, baby. Ain't no help for me now. Now, who wants to be married to that? Anybody here? Anybody here? Wow, that's what I signed up for. Yeah, that'd be right. So I'm asking you, why are we doing this? Because marriages are in distress. Are you? So we made a decision to solve that problem. And so the direction is, is that you're going to get together and you're going to pay $40 and it's going to be great. And you're going to come and you're going to get trained and equipped so your marriage can get better. How many of y'all could use that? Amen. All right, let me give you another one. We have what we call Grow Foundations. And this is a time on Sunday evenings. You get together for two hours and you learn the Word of God. You get trained in the basics of the Word of God to esteem it, to revere it. Now, some people say to me, well, I've, I've, I've done that before. The moment you stop learning, I can't help you. Right. My wife, Natalie, she, she attended Grow Foundations One. Now, now we've, been through, we've been a part of this church for 38 and a half years. But she still went. She still attended. I went. I helped train. And when I wasn't training, I was there. Why? Because I'm still going to grow. Amen. 
And I'm asking you, see, there was distress. I'm telling you, there's, there's people in Jesus' church right now that don't know the word of God. And there's people sitting here saying, oh, it's too big for me. I can't. That's a lie of the enemy. Stop telling yourself you can't understand the word of God. You can understand the word of God. Listen, if I can do it, anybody could do it. I graduated with an eighth grade reading level. I graduated high school, not eighth grade, <laughs> just for the record. I never read a book. I could barely read. But you know what? I trained myself to read. I learned. You can learn, too. And so, see, the distress is people don't understand the word. The decision was, we at Bridge City Church are calling a public gathering on Sundays at 6 p.m. And you in White Oak are going to need to drive to North Braddock and not grumble about it in Jesus' name. That's a Yeah, it's a choice. Come on. And you're going to be trained seven nights. Now, how many of you sounds like that's, that's a good idea? How many of y'all could use more of the word of God? Anybody hear it? Yeah. So, so you're going to go over it. You're going to walk over it where it says connection point, right? and you're going to sign up. You're going to say, count me in. See, See, this is the direction. See, but we don't think of it this way. We just think of it like, well, that's just for certain people. Oh, see, that's just the direction. Like tonight, my wife and I, we're getting together with all those who are out of high school in the 20-somethings. Where's all my 20-somethings? Where are you? Is there any 20-somethings here? You all look so ashamed to be 20-something. I, I never said, oh, man. You'd think I said, like, who's over 60? Oh, you know, I was like, can't get my hand. I'm like, what are you, what are you, what's your problem? You know, it's like, oh, my goodness, you know? And we're going to get together, not because we need something else to do. We're getting people together. To, to, we're, getting, we're getting young adults together. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not a cool young adults pastor, if you haven't noticed. I'm not good. The coolest I get is I got a pair of ripped up jeans. I wear them every Sunday night to young adults. That's what I do. I wear them every Sunday. I'm going to wear them again tonight. That's what I do. I'm going to put them on. Now I'm going to say, which jeans are you wearing? That's one jeans. And I'm going to put them on, try to get the coolest tennis shoes I got. You know, that's what they do. But I'm going to tell you what I I'm not. I'm not that cool guy, but I'm going to tell you what I can do. See, I know what I can do. I can, I can be a spiritual father. Do you know why we're doing this? Because there's a generation with father's absence and, and spiritual mothers are absent, so we can do that. So I'm inviting you out. See, but we don't think of it this way. Right. We're calling a public meeting. Well, this is the direction of the church here. So I called a public meeting. Now listen to what he does in verse 8. At that meeting, I said to them, we are doing all we can to redeem our Jewish relatives who have had to sell themselves to pagan foreigners, but you are selling them back into slavery again. How often must we redeem them? And they had nothing to say in their defense. Here's the fight. Here's the war. Nehemiah is confronting an injustice and distress. This is wrong. We will esteem people here. People are our priority. We're going to protect people at Bridge City Church. Are you with me? Then I pressed further. What you are doing is not right. Should you not walk in the fear of God? Should you not walk in the fear of God in order to avoid being mocked by enemy nations? Do you know what's missing in, in, in Jesus' church right now? The fear of God. No, I'm serious. It's the fear of God. Let me define the fear of God. Because Am I supposed to be afraid of God? Let me define it this way. Real simple. It's when you love what God loves and you hate what God hates. 
That's the simplest definition I can give you for the fear of God. I love what Jesus loves. I hate what Jesus hates. That, my friends, is the fear of God. And we, as God's people, are being mocked in our nation for the divisiveness and the problems, and we can't get our act together, and we're selfish. And I'm just going to tell you right now, at Bridge City Church, we are not going to do that in Jesus' name. Because we have clear direction. That's, I've, given, I've given you direction right now. We're not in it for ourselves. And that's one of the things I love about our leaders here, that they're not in it for themselves. We don't do things selfish gain. No, we don't. We're going to do it because this is what God has asked us to do. Amen. And we're going to stand together to do it. So first of all, you have distress. Then there's a decision, right? And then there's a direction. Now here we go, a demonstration. Verse 10, I myself, as well as my brothers and my workers, have been lending the people money and grain. But now let us stop this business of, ch- of charging interest. Do you see? Now Nehemiah goes into, now I'm going to demonstrate to you something here. You must restore their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and homes to them this very day and repay the interest you charged when you lent them money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. What Nehemiah is basically saying is, watch what I do. At, at Bridge City Church as leaders, and, and I'm just telling you, good leadership doesn't just say do as I say, it says do as I do. In my, in my house, this is the rule of thumb. When our kids were younger, if, 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 if there was a joke and they were laughing, if I didn't laugh, it wasn't funny. No, I'm serious. If they were doing something, I said, have you ever seen me do that? Have you ever seen me treat your mother that way? No, then you're not going to do it either. Real simple, right? This is the demonstration. I said, I, I could say to them, do you see me eating Brussels sprouts? No, the answer was always no, because I'm not eating Brussels sprouts, not even in my house. Come on, somebody. And so I'm going to say, then you don't have to eat them either. Because if I'm not eating Brussels sprouts, you don't have to eat Brussels sprouts. See, it was a demonstration. If it's good enough for me, it's going to be good enough for you. That's what, that, see, that's what good leadership does. They don't just tell you what to do. They're going to demonstrate. That's what Nehemiah, Nehemiah started taking his own money and started investing in the people. He started helping people get restored. He started helping people like crazy. That's what good leadership does. It demonstrates. Follow me as I follow Christ. How many of y'all want to be able to say that? You could say that. It's just follow me as I follow Christ. I just choose every day not to do what I want to do, do what Jesus wants me to do. And I don't like it sometimes. I'm going to tell you. I told you earlier, I don't like it. But I don't get paid to like it. I just, I just I want to do whatever he asked me to do. Let's go on here. Verse 12. They replied. Now remember, he's confronting right now. They replied, verse 12, we will give back everything and demand nothing more from the people. See, they saw the demonstration. They said, we're going to do it too. Cool. We will do as you say. Then I called the priests and made the nobles and officials swear to do what they had promised. Can you believe he did this? Not only, that, that'd be like Pastor Nick saying, hey, will you, will you agree to be here early? Will you will we agree to be here early on, on Sunday morning and help people in when it's raining with an umbrella? Yeah, you. Can you help me do this? And then he says, okay, come up here and swear to everybody you're going to be here on time. How many like, well, that's not right. Well, what if I'm late? No, what if you get up earlier? 
no, see, see, we, but we're so into our personal investment. Like, why do I got to go to the marriage thing? Why, why do I have, you don't have to go. You can enjoy your, your, your marriage just the way it is. I'm telling you, it can get better. It can get better. Come on, how many of y'all believe your marriage can get better? It's not a sin to say that. I'm trying to help some of you guys out there. If you agree with me, your day is going to be really, really good. <laughs> but see, it's a demonstration. It's we're going to demonstrate what can be good. We're going to demonstrate these things. And he made them swear to do what they would promise. Well, we live in the United States of America. We don't have to promise. We don't have to agree to anything except for a 30-year mortgage and six years of car payments. And suddenly, everybody doesn't mind committing to things. Just a thought. No, see, really, are you with me? You see how crazy this, the thinking is. And so he, they swear to it. And if you fail to keep your promise, and in verse 13, I shook out the folds of my robe and said, if you fail to keep your promise, may God shake you like this from your homes and property. You know what I love about Bridge City Church? When we say we're going to do something, not the proverbial we, it's like we are going to do it. That means we all going to be in. How many of y'all appreciate that? Yeah, how many of y'all like that? No, I'm serious. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to send a team to Guatemala. We're going to help people. We're going to give more money away. We're not going to trust on the government funds. We're going to believe God. We are going to do that. We are going to believe God for these things. That's, that's we. That's not the proverbial we. That's the we we. <laughs> I could resist. I'm sorry. I'm having too much fun. <laughs> Am I okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to realize, I, I, I just came back from vacation. I'm feeling good. I'm just telling you right now. I had so many other things to say in my head, and you should be happy they're still there. I'm just telling you that right now. I, had, I, had, I was going to go on a roll, and I thought, no, don't do that. Don't do that. God is here. Keep Jesus here. Keep Jesus here. Yeah, I'm going to demonstrate. I'm demonstrating to you self-control right now. But we're going to mobilize, because leaders, this is what they do. They know the way, they go the way, they show the way. That's what they do. Do you know the easiest people in the world to take, take, take for granted? The people closest to you. Do you know the easiest, easiest people to take for granted are good people? It's easy to take a spouse for granted. It's easy to take good friends who are faithful for granted. It's easy to take your church for granted. I travel around. I travel to many different churches in a year. And I see what's out there, and I'm so thankful for Bridge City Church, not because I'm the pastor, but because I'm, we're, to, we're in it together. Amen. That's what I'm thankful for. I'm going to make one more point here, Nehemiah 5. We had distress, made a decision. We had direction. We had a demonstration. Now we have denouement. Or some of you say denouement. That's the French way. It's, it's after everything happens, what happens next? I'm not going to read all the verses to you, but you could read verses 14 through 19. And this is what happens next. Nehemiah says we're not going to be charging interest anymore. Well, this is the, what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. We're not going to take advantage of people's mortgages. We're not going to take advantage of these things. We're, this is how we're going to live. 
this is what we're going to do. We're going to take care of people. We're going to provide for people. We're going to help people grow up in, I'm going to say in Bridge City Church, we're going to help people grow up in the faith. That's what we want to do. So we want to help you do. We want to help your faith grow. Help you get close to Jesus. So the rest of the story is, is this. It's us saying, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. If you're, um, if you're getting water baptized or you're going to be baptizing somebody, you can, you can slip out right now. Go, go get ready. I just want you, you all can slip out right now. This is a good time. Slip away. That's it. Go get ready. Get prepared. It's going to be a great celebration. Nehemiah didn't give anybody a free pass. Didn't give anybody a free pass. So we're going to do this. So what are we going to do, church? What are we going to do? In the weeks to come, we're going to, we're going to continue four more weeks on Nehemiah. You've got to come back. It's, it, it's, going to get, it's going to get better. I want to close up by reading a significant verse in chapter 5. The whole assembly responded. Who responded? Who responded? Everybody. The whole assembly responded. They responded, amen. That means so be it. That means I agree. That means count me in. And they praised the Lord. And the people did as they promised. They just simply did what they promised to do. Do you know what this is all about? This is about God's people just simply saying, we are building something spiritual. We're not here to build the, the walls and the aesthetics, although they're beautiful and we're spoiled here. That's not what this is about. We do all that so we can help people just like they did in chapter 5. So I guess the question is, here today, on February 28th, 2021, will we the people stand up and say amen. I want to be a part of a place that God will be honored. Will they stand up and say amen? We will esteem the word of God. Will they stand up and be counted and say, I want to create a place where God will transform and change lives. Will I stand up and say, I'm just simply gonna do what I promised to do. I am gonna stand up and say, this is what God wants me to do, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm gonna keep my promise. That, my friends, is what God is asking us to do. Will we be the people that simply do that? Live lives that are worthy of Jesus Christ, of the sacrifice that was paid for you and
me. And I don't know where you and Jesus are today, but before I get off this stage and we celebrate baptisms, we're gonna sing a song. Before I do that, I wanna ask you a question. Matter of fact, it's the most serious question I could ever ask you in this planet, and it's this. Do you have a living relationship with Jesus Christ? I didn't say, do you believe in God? As a matter of fact, in James, it says there's people who believe in God and the the demons believe in God and they shudder. So I'm asking you to take a step beyond the average demon and not just believe in God, but put your trust in what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for you. That means, do you have a day, a date, a moment or time when you ask Jesus to forgive you of your past and you said, Jesus, lead me into my future? If you don't have a date or a moment or time, today is your day. You can do it today. Jesus' arms are open and saying, come on home. Where Jesus calls the shots now. So if you want today to be your day, where you just simply say, I've missed the mark, I've sinned, I've screwed up, I've messed up, but Jesus, forgive me of my past, lead me to my future. Just slip up your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. You're not going to come up front. You just, I'm going to pray for you right where you are. Does anybody here today? Anybody, thank you. Just keep your hand up. Just keep, Anybody else want to jump into this deal? It is a really good deal. Jesus gets all your stuff, and you get Jesus. Come on, somebody. Anybody else here? Anybody else? Come on, anybody else? Anybody? Come on, tell you, you want today to be your day? Come on. So let's just do, let's pray this prayer out loud. Everybody now, everybody say, Father God, forgive me. I sinned. I've messed up, up. screwed up. up. Forgive me, Jesus. And I ask you, Jesus, to lead me into my future. In Jesus' name. Welcome home. Come on, let's give God a big hand. That's what we're talking about. Welcome home. And there's going to be somebody, if you raised your hand, somebody's going to come up to you, and they're just going to simply talk to you for a moment. This is what we're going to do. We're going to sing a song about being one heart, one voice.